This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast, God hasn't moved, we have. When we don't feel close to God, He is not the one who's moved. He does not play hide and seek. That's us, right? Adam and Eve play hide and seek. Not God. God is the seeker. He's never the hider in the game of hide and seek. Thanks for listening to the Activate Podcast, a ministry of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon, and today I will be having a conversation with Pastor Christian concerning Sunday's message from our new series, Supernatural, Capturing the Power of the Holy Spirit. During this series, we're learning more about the Holy Spirit so that we can become more aware of His presence in our lives and capture more of His power. Pastor Christian, this is what I absolutely love about this podcast. You're able to unpack more information that you simply were not able to fit in one Sunday message. But before we jump into the heart of today's podcast, can you remind the listeners today why it is so important to have a proper view of the Holy Spirit and who He is? Yeah, I will, and I'm really grateful for this podcast, too, because, you know, a lot of the podcasts we do uh, are, ju- are just Q&A. It's an activation. Okay, you said this on Sunday. How do we do that? But every now and then we have a podcast where it's like, hey, here's here's things I needed to say Sunday, and I did not have time, so let's make sure we we continue the sermon not with application, but with more information. So I'm really grateful for this outlet. And for those people who get online and listen um, during the week, I'm really grateful for the energy and the effort you put in to continue learning about what we're talking about. Uh, why is it so important to have a proper view of the Holy Spirit and who He is? Because the main goal of this series is to help people interact with the Holy Spirit. The, the main goal of this series is to help people understand how God speaks, how to hear from the Holy Spirit, how to talk to God through the Holy Spirit. And I what I've learned in life is that interactions can't be healthy or helpful until you really understand who you're dealing with, who you're interacting with. When I was a uh, getting ready to become a senior in high school, I went to football camp at Liberty University where I would go and play football. Uh, their head football coach at the time was a guy by the name of Sam Ritigliano who had coached, you know, dozens of years in the NFL. He'd been the head coach of the Cleveland Browns growing up in Ohio. That was kind of a big deal. Uh, and, you know, I, I was nervous and excited to go work with Coach Sam uh, all week long at this camp. Well, halfway through this camp, uh, the quarterbacks are down on one end of the field doing drills, uh, and, you know, and I throw a football. And after I throw a football, I find myself uh, off the ground lifted in the air. There is there's a large person behind me who has me in a bear hug, and he has lifted me off the ground. I didn't know who it was. I didn't know what was going on. I turn around, there was a very large man standing there smiling in a full suit and a red tie, uh, having the time of his life. I didn't have a clue who he was. I nearly said some things to him that would have humiliated me later when I found out who he was. You know, I kind of shook his hand, laughed him off, and almost said, like, don't touch me again, old man. Like, it, it was just an odd interaction. I had no, I had no idea who he was. Uh, after camp, my dad was there. He was sitting in the bleachers. And I went over to ask my dad, how'd I do today? How'd I throw? What'd you think? And he said, do you realize who picked you up in a bear hug out there? And I said, no. And he said, that's Jerry Falwell. And I said, who's Jerry Falwell? And he said, he's like, he's the guy who started this college. He's the president of this university. Like he's the guy who runs this entire place. That would have been helpful information for me to have when I realized he was standing behind me because without an understanding of who he was in that context, I couldn't have had a helpful or healthy interaction with him. I could have really embarrassed myself. I probably could have cost myself a scholarship at that university simply because 
I didn't know who the guy was. I didn't know how important he was. And for us to really communicate and interact in a healthy and helpful way with the Holy Spirit, we have to know who he is. We have to know what his role in our life is. We have to understand that the Holy Spirit is one of the three unique persons in the Trinity, and we can interact with him just like we interact with a person who is God, or just like we'd interact with Jesus if he were on earth, or just like we would interact with God if if we were in heaven. The Holy Spirit allows us to interact with God just like we would interact with the person of Jesus on earth, just like we would interact with God in heaven. The Holy Spirit is God and allows us to interact with God, as Ron Burgundy would say, the Holy Spirit's kind of a big deal. I mean, he is. The Holy Spirit is kind of a big deal. That's why it's important that we know who he is. Very good. I'm trying to get over your Ron Burgundy comment. That's awesome. Only you could bring him into a conversation with the Holy Spirit. So let's jump in um, to the heart of our podcast today, Pastor Christian. Let's talk about your Holy Spirit cheat sheet. I absolutely loved it. We passed it we passed out this little sheet on Sunday that that can really help us understand what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And by the way, uh, for our podcast listeners, we'll we'll provide a link to the Holy Spirit cheat sheet in the episode's description and in the show notes. Pastor Christian, what many people may not know is that the Holy Spirit is active in our life before we are Christians. What is he doing in our life pre-conversion? Yeah, so that's a great question. So the Holy Spirit is working in the world. I mean, right now he's working in the world. And if you have the cheat sheet, uh, there's some great scripture references here on what the Holy Spirit does. But the the first thing that the Holy Spirit does for us is he operates in the ministry of restraint. Second Thessalonians 2.7 says that the Holy Spirit is a restraining force in our world of evil. And the reality is we live in a, we live in a world filled with very evil, selfish people. Um, Luke Bryan, I, you know, I love country music. I love Luke Bryan. I hate the song, All People Are Good, because it's bad theology, right? Scripture says that there's no one good. There's no one who seeks God. Like, left to ourselves, we are just all selfish people who look out for number one. But I understand his song because it's like, there are good people, and there is this sense of just like common morality that seems to exist in the world. There's people who don't know God who feel like they should help people and feel like they shouldn't hurt people. And it's like, where does that sense of, if people aren't good, where does that sense of good come from? That's the Holy Spirit's work of restraining evil in our world. And we're told at the end times that the Holy Spirit's work of restraint is going to be pulled out of the world. And every day in our world will be like yesterday in America, where you know, half a dozen senators and congressmen and former presidents, you know, had pipe bombs delivered to them on the same day. That's the nature of people left to themselves. That's just the reality of our world. The, you know, these movies that you see, The Purge, where for 24 hours everyone is allowed to do whatever they want to do without any consequences. That is a picture of the world without the Holy Spirit. So for people in our community that don't know Jesus, that don't know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is impacting their life because his ministry of restraint, you know, bathes the world in a little bit of goodness so that people have time to find Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does on a global scale. But for people who are being drawn into a relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit has a ministry of revelation. It's a ministry of opening people's hearts and opening people's eyes to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the only person who can tell someone's heart, you are a, you are a sinner 
and the life you're living is wrong in God's eyes. Go try telling your neighbor that if you think that people can do that. Like only the Holy Spirit can convince someone that they're a sinner. People can't convince people of that. Only the Holy Spirit can whisper into a heart that you can have a right relationship with God. It's this conviction of righteousness. Righteousness it means right standing before God. Only the Holy Spirit can whisper into someone's heart, you can be right with God. You can be close to God. You can be connected to God. Uh, only the Holy Spirit can whisper into someone's heart and say your sins can be forgiven. It's one thing to hear that. It's another thing to feel that. You say, what's the difference between hearing it and feeling it? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit allows you to feel the realities of the truth. So there's this ministry of revelation that opens people's hearts and eyes to Jesus so that they say yes to him in the first place. Pastor Christian, you stated in your message that the Holy Spirit is responsible for your spiritual birth, for our spiritual birth. What is the role of the Holy Spirit in our salvation? Yeah, so first the spiritual realization, uh, right? I mean, we just talked about this ministry of of realization. You cannot become a Christian if you're not convinced you're a sinner. You cannot become a Christian if, you, if you're not convinced you're separated from God. You cannot believe you need salvation unless you believe you're under judgment, and only the Holy Spirit reveals those things. Preachers preach about those things, but you say, how can a preacher preach to a room of a hundred people and only one of them gets it? That's the one the Holy Spirit's speaking to. It's not the preacher. It's not the pastor. It's not the sermon. It's not the prayer. It's the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit grabs hold of your heart and convinces you of sin and righteousness and judgment, you see Jesus and you connect to Jesus in a powerful way. And at the moment you become a Christian, if you're looking at your spiritual cheat sheet or if you have it, we find that the Holy Spirit does four things in our life. The moment we become a Christian, here's what the Holy Spirit does. First, he makes our spirit come alive. Titus 3.5 says we've been like built with this outlet, but we're not plugged in. A few years ago, we took one of our flat screen TVs on a trip with us to vacation because Christian wanted to play video games while Casey wanted to watch TV. And we thought we'll just set him up his own little TV in the corner. And we brought everything but the power cord. And it didn't, it didn't work. And we didn't want to drive three, three hours back home from Branson. We had everything but the ability to turn it on. Every person is born with a little bit of the Imago Dei, the image of God in them. Everyone has eternity planted in their hearts. Everyone has the ability to be connected and powered up spiritually. But the Holy Spirit has to plug you in. At the moment of salvation, that's what happens. He also baptizes us into God's Spirit. We're told that the Holy Spirit is poured out over our life. We're baptized into His Spirit. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes with gifts. It comes with fruit. When we go to Israel, we go to the Dead Sea, and people cover themselves in this Dead Sea mud. You could say they baptize themselves in Dead Sea mud. It's absolutely disgusting. It looks disgusting. It smells disgusting. Just watching people partake in it, they just look like a bunch of pigs rolling around in the mud. But you have to do it because we're told that the Dead Sea mud does something for you. And when you get done and you wash it off, it does, man. Your skin feels smooth and fresh. Um, you feel like your pores have um, been opened up. I mean, it, it really, it, it has a special substance in it. The Holy Spirit is the same way when, when you are given the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. You have these spiritual gifts implanted into your soul. You have the spiritual fruit that's planted in your spirit. First Corinthians 6.19 says the Holy Spirit 
comes to live in our bodies. Uh, you know, we, we say that people invite Jesus into their heart. Many years ago, one of my favorite authors, J.D. Greer, wrote a book saying, stop asking Jesus into your heart. But 1 Corinthians 6.19 says he does live in your heart. He lives in your body. Your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, he does. He takes up residence in your life at the moment of salvation. And then Ephesians 4.30 says he seals us for the day of redemption. If you go into your refrigerator, you know, after a week where maybe your wife hasn't been to the grocery store for a little bit and you try to find one or two, three three things to eat, um, you make sure and check the date to make sure it's still good. Is the milk still good? Is the cheese still good? Is the cereal still good? Are the leftovers still good? You're looking for that date that things are still good. The Holy Spirit becomes our guarantee. Like we are stamped with a good till eternity date because the Holy Spirit is in our life. He seals and protects and preserves our salvation, our relationship with Jesus, and he makes sure that we are good until heaven. All of those things happen in a moment, right? So we we are talking about in both of these steps, pre-conversion and the moment of salvation, we're talking about a moment that the Apostle Paul describes as the twinkling of an eye. It's an unmeasurable amount of time. But it's this supernatural spiritual revelation that literally in an instant we see ourselves before God as sinful, as having the opportunity to be connected to him, uh, as having our sin judged if we don't allow Jesus to forgive us. And and the moment that happens and our eyes are open spiritually and we say yes to Jesus, our spirit comes alive, we're given gifts, we're given fruit the Holy Spirit literally now lives in our spirit and we are sealed for, for heaven. Those those things happen in a moment. Literally, they happen in a moment because of the Holy Spirit. This is so good, Pastor Christian. Um, let's, let's move on to this third column in our cheat sheet. The Holy Spirit is not only active in our life before we're Christians, He is active in our life at salvation, but finally, the Holy Spirit is vitally important in our lives after salvation. Can you walk us through what the Holy Spirit does for us and through us as Christians? Yeah, so we talked about the role of the Holy Spirit in our life is to make us more like Jesus, right? The, the Romans 8 verse that we quoted, that God's predestined us to be conformed to the image of our Son. It's, it's God's plan from before the beginning of time that Christians should look like Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps us do that. And we see on our cheat sheet six things that the Holy Spirit does to, to help that happen. In Ephesians 5.18, he allows us to live filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we will talk about on the last Sunday of this series, Thanksgiving Sunday, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and we will learn that the Holy Spirit leaks. Uh, when, when Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, he literally says, keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, how does the Holy Spirit leak? It leaks like a sprinkler. Uh, in that we water others, we give some of it away so that others can have what we're experiencing spiritually. And at the same time, it kind of leaks like a tire that's got a little bit of hole in it. It just the wear and tear of life 
allows the Holy Spirit to kind of drain out of us. So we have to learn to stay filled with the Holy Spirit uh, and the Holy Spirit's interaction with us through the Word of God, through prayer, through worship, through listening to sermons, through being in small groups. Those are all the areas that the Holy Spirit is working and just plugging into our soul and giving us charges and connection. Uh, We learn that the Holy Spirit does the work of sanctification. You say, what is sanctification? It's literally the work of being set apart from your old life to your new life. The Apostle Paul says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You say, you mean I have to work out whether or not I'm saved? No, that's really the work of sanctification. Now that you're a Christian, start working out the old things, work them out of your life. The new things, work them into your life. Say, how do I do that? The Holy Spirit helps you. He is your spiritual personal trainer that every day is saying, do this, that every day is saying, don't eat this, that every day is saying, here's your next plan. If we can learn to hear from him and learn who he is and when he speaks and how he speaks, we can hear that spiritual trainer every day in our lives. The Holy Spirit does the work of illumination. You say, what is that? He brings things to life. Uh, Theologically speaking, illumination is the act when we talk about scripture. When you're reading a chapter of the Bible that's just words on a page, but one of those lines, one of those verses seems like it was meant for you. You read it and you think, Man, I feel like God wrote that just for me. That's illumination. Illumination is like being in a dark room and having a flashlight laid on one verse where you just think, okay, that's the verse for you. So how do, that's the Holy Spirit. When you hear a song, uh, uh, a line in a song that you think, that's for me, that's the Holy Spirit. When the pastor's preaching a message and you think, he's talking straight to me, nine out of ten times, he's not talking straight to you. He doesn't even know what you're going through. The Holy Spirit is talking straight to you. So that act of illumination is letting me know what's for me, what God has for me. Uh, the act of prayer, Romans eight twenty six and 27, says sometimes we don't even know what we should pray. So the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. Sometimes we pray in groans. You say, what does that mean? Sometimes we're hurting so bad, we don't even think to pray, but the Holy Spirit has an alarm go off and on our behalf, he thinks she's hurting, I'm going to tell God. He's hurting I'm going to tell God. That's what it means that the Holy Spirit prays for us when we groan. Uh, The spiritual fruit that the Holy Spirit gives us helps us look more like Jesus to the outside world. The spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us help us serve and impact people just like Jesus in the life that we live towards outsiders. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in our Christian life. We cannot stay close to Jesus, look like Jesus, hear from Jesus, serve like Jesus, unless we have the Holy Spirit actively operating in our lives. Final question today, Pastor Christian. In your message, you stated the Holy Spirit's primary responsibility in a Christian life is to help you understand your relationship to God and feel close to Him. Can you talk to the person right now who is listening and and just doesn't feel close to God? Um, Using their relationship with the Holy Spirit, what is one thing they can do this week to help them feel closer to God? Yeah, well, first I'd say use the cheat sheet. So I'm going to use the cheat sheet. Right, If I'm listening and I'm thinking, I don't feel close to God right now, but I know the Holy Spirit has a role in my life as a Christian, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with him? Why aren't we connecting? Why, why don't I feel charged? I'm going to go to the cheat sheet. I'm going to look at those six things, and I'm going to ask if I am living in those six things, and I'm going to look at Scripture. The first Scripture I'm going to look at is Ephesians chapter 5, because I feel find out that if I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, mean feel feel close to God, be filled with God. 
Uh, I've got to go see what that means. So here's what I read in Ephesians 5 when I do that, and I think this will answer your question for people. In Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15, we back up to read the whole paragraph. Paul says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said there are going to be times where you can not feel close to God, but usually it is because of the schedule of your life. So you need to pay more attention to the schedule of your life. If you want to live filled with the Spirit, you can't be controlled by anything other than the Spirit. He uses wine, which leads to debauchery. This doesn't say you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit because you drink wine. He's saying don't let your spirit be controlled by anything more than it's controlled by Jesus. Your kids' sports, your work, your pursuit of money, your lake house, your hobbies, your season tickets, your golf. Don't let your life be controlled by anything more than it is filled with Jesus. And then he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit Here's how. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we stay filled with the Spirit? I don't feel close to God. What do I need to do? Paul says do four things. One, connect regularly with people who love God to worship and to fellowship. I don't feel close to God. What do I need to do? Connect regularly with people who love God to worship and to fellowship. You have to go to church. You have to be in a small group if you want to feel close to God. Now, you don't have to, but if you want to feel close to God, you have to do those things. You have to learn to worship, and you have to worship on a daily basis, whether it's Christian radio, whether it's Spotify, whether it's a playlist you have on your phone. You have to have times of worship in your everyday life. You have to read Speak to one another psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Psalms are scripture, literature, scripture. You read and you let the Holy Spirit do the work of illumination. I read my Bible every day. Why? So I can get through the Bible every day? No, so that on the days the Holy Spirit has a verse for me, he can pop it off the page and put it in my heart. Why? So I can feel close to God. And then finally, you have to pray. You have to pray. You have to talk to God. The Holy Spirit can only pray on your behalf so much. Uh, And after the Holy Spirit tells God a hundred days in a row, you know, I think they need your help, but you're not asking for help. God says, "I, I guess not. They've not said anything. So we pray. All of these are a part at our church, what we call our strategy to help people become passionate Christians. They are all part of our four E's. We tell people if you want to. If you want to be a passionate Christian, you have to experience worship on a weekly basis. You have to go to church. You have to uh, get engaged in a small group. You have to have Christian friends you talk about spiritual things with. You have to embrace serving. You have to use your gifts, and you have to be equipped with a spiritual growth plan. You do those four things, you will be a passionate Christian. You, You will always feel connected to God. You might not feel great in life, but you will know God is close. At our Get Connected gatherings, when people come to our church, uh, and they decide, hey, I want to learn more about this church. We unpack our four E's, experience God, engage in Christian friendships, embrace serving, be equipped with a spiritual growth plan. And we ask this question, when you think back in your life 
to when you were most on fire spiritually? If you could think back to your life when your spiritual life was a 10 on a scale of 10, regardless of where it is now, if you can think back to when it was a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10, um, how many of these four E's were happening? Almost every person, hundreds of people that we didn't know previously who had not studied this previously, when they just thought about when their life was close to God, they all said at least three of these things were happening, usually four. I was going to church. I was engaged in some kind of college worship ministry. I had a small group. I had an accountability group. I was trying to read the Word every day. Everyone I know says when I feel really close to God, it's because I'm doing these things. Most Christians who say, I don't feel God today. When I sit down and ask them, tell me your last 90 days, how many times you've been to church on Sunday. Tell me your last 90 days, how many times you've been to Bible study, men's group, women's group. Tell me the last 90 days, how many times you've had devotions and prayed. It's usually zero. God hasn't moved. We have. Uh, When we don't feel close to God, he is not the one who's moved. He does not play hide and seek. That's us. Right, Adam and Eve play hide and seek. Not God. God is the seeker. He's never the hider in the game of hide and seek. And we need to realize if we don't feel close to God, where the Holy Spirit is having a lot of tension because His job is to connect us to God, and He would love us to get engaged in the things where He can breathe life into our spirit. If we will do those things, we will stay close and feel close to God. Pastor Christian, from someone who is intentionally trying to be more aware of the Holy Spirit in their life, I greatly appreciated not only this podcast, but Sunday's message as well. And I'm actually going to tape the Holy Spirit cheat sheet in the cover of my Bible so that I'm more aware of Him. So thank you for providing that. We want to thank you for listening to the Activate Podcast today. Again, if you have any questions concerning Sunday's message or this episode, of the podcast, we'd love for you to send us an email to activate at takethejourney.cc. We may even answer your question on one of our upcoming episodes. We'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.